it looked like the Celtics were going to go down that same bad road that they've been going down recently. But Robert Williams had other ideas. We'll talk about that. Plus, does this stop the recent spiral of the Celtics' bad performances against bad teams? And I think we've got a Sam Hauser problem. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast to get these shows when they drop. Uh, Side note here, a little schedule change. Normally, Monday through Friday, this would be a bonus podcast. This is actually going to be the pseudo-Monday beginning of the week podcast monday's a holiday martin luther king day celtics are playing at 1 p.m on that day so instead of recording a second podcast tomorrow night that people would not listen to because the game's at 1 p.m this is the first podcast of the week i'm not going to record a new one until after the monday game and then that'll take you through monday night into tuesday and then I get back onto schedule with Wednesday, Thursday, Friday podcast. A little bit of a different schedule. You still get five podcasts this week, but just just so you know, so you can anticipate what's happening. A little bit of a different schedule this week. Uh, I'm John Corrales, uh, cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Played pro ball once upon a time, way way back when. Um, and now I'm coming to you after the Celtics 122-106 win over the Charlotte. Hornets, later on, I'll talk about Sam Hauser because we're starting to have a Sam Hauser problem. Uh, In the second segment, I'm going to see, we'll we'll explore the possibility that this has, this law, uh, this win, which could have been a loss, it it kind of changed maybe the direction of this team because while they have historically this season been good against bad teams, over the past few weeks, they had the two losses to Orlando, the loss to Indy, the devastating loss to the OKC Thunder. That's four losses to bad teams. And I still, I'm sorry, Indy. I still consider you a bad team. You got a winning record. I get it. But I still consider you a lesser team to the Celtics. And and that's, I think that's going to be a team that ultimately finishes the season with a losing record. So anyway, point stands. That's going to be in the second segment. Let's just talk about this game. Let, let me just shut up and talk about this game. Can I do both? Can I shut up and keep talking? Yes, I can. So the Celtics came out in in the first quarter. Uh, This was a shootout. They were down three at the end of the first quarter. And it looked like the Celtics were going to be, you know, just it it was going to be a, all right, you give you give the Hornets confidence. They they were hitting shots. They, They were hitting some shots that they would never really hit. And before the game I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, I said, this is a team that you cannot let get confidence. These bad teams 
but potent offense teams like Orlando, like like these, like OKC, bad teams that have the potential to put up some of these these big point totals. You cannot let them get confidence. The Hornets are not a good team at the rim, and yet they were finishing everything. And once you start finishing at the rim, boy, that confidence comes in. You start feeling loose. They were hitting some BS from three later in that first quarter. So, and then in the second quarter. So it felt like, okay, this is this is gonna be one of those games. Then it started to like pull away in the second quarter. Beginning of the second quarter, uh, you know, Brogdon, I'm sorry, Derek White, uh, at some point here early in the game, uh, in the fracture was in the first quarter, uh, he went down. So you get this shootout thing going on. Derek White goes down with a sprained neck, friendly fire collision with Marcus Smart, and he's out with a sprained neck. He doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's too bad, but we'll see if that carries over into Monday. And you say, okay, he, Charlotte has has confidence. They're hitting some stupid shots. We've already lost Malcolm Brogdon. The second quarter starts to go really, really bad. It's starting to feel a little OKC-ish, just a little bit OKC-ish. And then at the 520 mark, things change. A lot of this has to do with Robert Williams. He comes in and hustles. I joked on Boston Sports Journal that if I could, I would have photoshopped him into the opening to the Baywatch, you know, when they're, they're grabbing the little floaty and they're kind of running off into the water, diving in, like saving people. Like I would have Photoshopped him diving into the, the scrum there in the middle of the second quarter, into the second quarter, saving the ball and kicking it out to, to, to Brogdon. But, but a couple of plays before that where he had the three offensive rebounds and then finally the, Put back and foul three point. Well, it was an and one. He he missed the free throw. But regardless, those plays changed the entire complexion of this game. At the five twenty mark, the Celtics were down sixteen. This is a wild number. Twenty to eight run to end the second quarter. From the five twenty mark in the second quarter on for the rest of the game, they outscored Charlotte. 80 to 48. They outscored Charlotte by 32 over the last half. And what's that? Five. So it's not even two and a half quarters. It's the two and a third quarters. Not even some somewhere in there. Some fraction that I'm not smart enough to figure out. But Robert Williams comes in, changes everything. This is the value of having Rob back. He's healthy. He's the energy. And and he starts this kind of cascade of hustle plays. So he comes in and starts that. Then Peyton Pritchard, now because Jalen's out still, um, he'll be out for at least another week probably. Derek White's out of this game. Pritchard gets his opportunity, and he makes the most of his opportunity. And... He is he he didn't even shoot well. I'm surprised when I look at the box score that I see Pritchard shooting uh one of seven, I think it was from one of one of six from three, four of eleven overall. Like, man, that, that shooting number doesn't match the hustle and the impact that I saw. He comes in and starts playing fast and starts 
kind of you, – you see him pushing the ball up the floor and almost like dragging guys up the floor. And when you play like that, when, you, when Rob plays like that, when Peyton plays like that, you can't be one of these other guys and just kind of still be playing with 75% effort. You got to play with maximum effort to keep up with them or else you look like a jerk. You can't be out there just going like, nah, you guys – you guys keep trying. That's cute. That's funny. I like that. No, you got to keep up. And that's where things turn around. Uh, by the way, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. First time users can get a 100% instant deposit match with up to $100, uh, worth up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Those guys with that energy is just a difference maker for this team. And then in the third quarter, you get to see Jason Tatum take over with a 17-point third quarter where he's just toying with the Charlotte Hornets. And then in the fourth quarter, you get Malcolm Brogdon, who scores 14 points in the fourth quarter with no JB, you know, with no uh, Derek White, who had eight minutes, eight points in four minutes that he was on his way to actually a pretty big game. Four minutes, he scored eight points. Uh, and then he, and he leaves without those two guys, Brogdon comes in and just closes the game. It's so important to, to have this depth. This, this was, I think a great example of Celtics depth stepping up and the Celtics may be stopping the spiral of losses to bad teams. What does that mean? Why do I think that? I'll tell you next. First, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy. It's done right. It's done fun. It's the way people should be playing daily fantasy. Not all, not not playing against uh, whoever knows how many people with algorithms and multiple computers and experts and all of that stuff. You're playing daily fantasy. You want to have fun. So this is how you do it. You pick two to six players and you pick them against the prize picks projections. And if they score more or less, whatever you pick, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people, you against the projections. And it's projections from, from basically any sport. And when I say any sport, like literally any sport, they've got cricket, they've got disc golf, they've got Euro basketball, Esports. That's in addition to all the major pro and college sports. So it's all there at Prize Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Super easy. By the time I'm done telling you about Prize Picks, you could have made all of your Prize Picks. So when you do that and you win, you want safe and fast withdrawals. They've got that, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download Prize Picks. Go to PrizePicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can get a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with the promo code locked on you deposit 100 you get 100 deposit 50 you get 50 very simple don't forget you have to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 watching the celtics you get caught up in that game you miss the rest of the nba watch locked on game to game or listen to locked on game to game it's on the locked on nba feed you get both sides of the coin each side gives you their part of the game. Uh, you get a, a quick recap. It's like you're like at the games. It's it's 
a really great way to catch up on the league. It's everywhere you get your podcasts. It's on the Locked On NBA feed. It's on YouTube as well. So the Celtics were rescued by Malcolm Brogdon. I'm and well, I'm sorry, they were rescued by uh, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, all of those guys, all of those guys. And I keep going back to this quote from from Brogdon. From after the Dallas game. So the Celtics had just gotten demolished by the OKC Thunder. They go to Dallas, TNT game, Luca. We, we've been through this. They, they have a, a, a great performance. But he had this quote after that game, which I just, I'm holding on to it. I'm la- I've latched onto this quote because sometimes guys give quotes that, you know, all right, it's it's lip service. They say a bunch of stuff, and it sounds good. It works in the piece that I've written. It it makes it flow, and it makes it makes for a good written kind of story of the of the night. But it's it's crap sometimes. This quote, I've read it to you before, but I'll read it again. A lot of times we feed off the energy of the first group, and whether it's come out flat or not making shots, whatever it is. It's our job to come in there and pick them up. I think when we don't, we're not doing our job. Again, very much could be a, hey, Malcolm Brogdon's the sixth man. He's kind of like the captain of the bench. And he's saying what you're supposed to say in that role. But since that OKC game, different guys have stepped up. And I'm sitting here talking to you after this Charlotte game after the Celtics just got a big bench slash role player performance against the Brooklyn Nets. The Celtics have a, 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 a little string here of guys stepping up and playing well when the starters or a bunch of the starters haven't quite played their best. In this game, Rob was a starter, which is great. And Rob played uh, 30, no, 27, 27, 31, close to the 30 minutes, more than he's been playing. But he was a starter, and you lose Derek White and Smart in the first half. <laughs> the way I wrote it on Boston Sports Journal was Marcus had a 50, he was 50.1% good and 49.9% bad. And that that gave him like a good game. And he was a plus 24, 13 points, 12 assists. That's really nice. But five of 15, three of 12 from three. And like he had one possession. We missed three threes. Dude, drive it. Drive it. They don't have any rim protection. Drive it, man. But anyway, Rob comes in and everything else isn't going great. The defense isn't going great. And they weren't making any hustle plays. And he comes in and saves them. And then Peyton Pritchard comes in and follows suit. And then Malcolm Brogdon off the bench closes the game out. These are the guys doing their job, picking up the team. And I'm wondering here if this is what stops the spiral of losses to bad teams. Again, when I say spiral of losses, it, it is a very recent event. The past few weeks, at the beginning of the season, they were just laying waste to everybody. And they have had wins over bad teams 
in the past few weeks as well. But that stretch of two losses to Orlando, the loss to Indy, the loss to OKC, it just shows that the Celtics have had you know struggles with these bad teams. They've played down to these bad teams. They've really kind of struggled to get up for these games. And, and, and that's part of the problem. To see a string of games now where when something isn't going well, like you go back to uh, the end of the homestand there against New Orleans, where Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum doesn't have it for three quarters. Well, Jalen Brown steps up and, and he's a star, but somebody on this team is stepping up to pick up where somebody else isn't playing well. And this is, this is just the sign of a good team. This is what a good team is. And I think if, if we can accept that this is kind of the, the sign of a good team, then we can accept that the beginning of a game like this against Charlotte, where you, you fall down by 16, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like I had seen people reacting to in real time saying, Oh, here we go again. Here's this thing again. Uh, I think that if we step back and we look at this game, we say, Oh yeah, a really good team got down by 16 in the second quarter made a run to cut it to four. And then in the second half, they just cruised. That's, that is the normal, actual normal narrative that should be from this game. The, the actual normal kind of story from this is, oh yeah, the Celtics, you know, didn't play great defense. They kind of little, little lazy on defense to start. Robert Williams came in, gave great energy. The team responded and they picked it up in the second half and blew out a bad team. This was after the, after the midpoint of the second quarter was no contest done. End of story. Move on to Monday's game, a rematch against this bad team. But because of their performance over the past few weeks, this, this win actually takes on a little bit more meaning because of how they've been able to pick up for one another. I think it's important. These little things are important. It's growth. It means something. And as good as this team has been, and they've got 32 wins now, they've won 73% of their games. No team has won more than 70% of their games. No other team in the league has 30 wins yet. Uh, as I'm as I'm recording this, I'm, is there another game going on? No, I think that's it. There's no other team in the league with 30 wins. I'm just going to double check this as I'm talking. Because, yeah, 29 wins for Denver and Memphis. By the way, Memphis, oh my God, John Morant. He is so insane. Go watch his dunk and his block shot. I can just, just go do that at some point. I just saw Memphis. I was like, oh, my God. I got to say something about Memphis. But the Celtics have these 32 wins. They, they, they're great. And they're the, the favorite to win a championship, all that stuff. But within it, like, you watch it. Every day, religiously. I watch it every day, religiously. It's my job. I watch every game twice. Some games I'm watching. By the time I watch all the other plays that I want to watch, I'm watching certain things like three, four, or five times. You're so knee-deep in it, you, you, you find all the little flaws, all the little things. A game like this, I think, is important because it does show that, hey, they are actually cognizant of 
their shortcomings and they are doing something to make up for it. That's good. All right. Sam Hauser, a problem. This is a problem. I'll discuss it next. Also, Grant Williams did something that made me laugh, laugh out loud. Hilarious. Uh, I'll talk about that all next. First, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You know I love Built Bar. I eat Built Bar all the time. Uh, and especially now, okay, I'm, I'm like everybody else. Holidays have come here, come and gone. I've had cookies and pies and cakes. And all of a sudden, that sweet tooth that I work so hard to fight has come back. And now I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to, hey, I'm getting my workouts back in. I've, I've gotten back on back on track, but I still kind of want something delicious. Well, that's where Built Bar comes in because it's covered in chocolate and they've got flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and coconut almond, all those great stuff. But even though it's delicious and it feels like I'm eating a candy bar, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein. So after I'm working out, I feel good about getting this protein in my body to help build some of the muscle and uh, maybe make my shirts fit a little bit better. I don't know how Bill Bar does it, but they do taste great while being healthy. Uh, and you don't have to wait around anymore to get a box. You can still go to built.com and go buy a box. They've got sales all the time. Uh, but if you don't want to wait for built.com, you just go to your local Walmart now or a Sam's Club. Go to Walmart, pick up a four bar box over at the pharmacy section. They're in the pharmacy section cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs, which are great. Or you go to Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box of the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Those are amazing. And 13 bars, let me tell you, stock up. If you're going to Sam's Club, grab like three, four of those. I'm telling you, you're gonna, you're gonna have, they're gonna be great. So check it out. Tasty, delicious, good for you. Built bar. They're awesome. A few final thoughts here uh from from this game. I I wanna say uh Peyton Pritchard had this awesome play where he went in and missed the layup. That's not the awesome part. The awesome part is that he went up and got his own offensive rebound, which by the way, Charlotte inexcusable. It's one thing to have Pritchard corner crash. You know, you've, you've lost sight of him in the corner. He kind of dives in, gets the offensive rebound. Okay. That's one thing when he misses a layup and gets his own rebound in the middle of like three, four Hornets. Shame on you. Shame on you. So he gets his own offensive rebound. He gets fouled in the process of, of, of the, the layup. But then he goes up and gets the rebound and kicks it to Brogdon for three. Why is this such a great play? Not only did he stick with the play, he didn't complain. He didn't throw his hands up. He didn't flail. He didn't do any of that stuff. He stuck with the play and got his own rebound, and it led to a three-pointer. Just... Put that on a loop. If I'm if I'm Joe Mazzula, I'm putting that on the film, and I'm saying, "Oh, look at him get fouled. That's one foul. That's two fouls. He got fouled three times on that. He should be complaining. No, he doesn't complain to the ref. Look at him not complain to the ref. Look at him not flail around and not fall or flop. And what did he do? He got the ball back, and it led to points. Talk to the refs after. Talk to the refs." Later, don't do it in the moment. Don't do it in the heat of the moment. Finish the damn play, and maybe something good would happen. And that's what happened with Peyton Pritchard. So shout out 
to Peyton Pritchard for doing that. That was awesome. I think that should be highlighted many, many times. Uh, <laughs> Grant Williams. Grant Williams. I forget exactly when. I didn't go back and look. <laughs> Grant Williams was cooking. He's from Charlotte. They talked during the broadcast about how much he's this Charlotte legend and, you know, high school and all of that. And he comes down and he's cooking. He's dribbling and he steps back, fires the three and airballs it by like three feet short. The step back three. Look, Grant, I, <laughs> I feel you. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the moment. <laughs> I'll tell a quick story. I don't talk about when I played because it's meaningless compared to the NBA. But if my friends, my former teammates, Ken and Gabe, two of my best friends in the whole world, uh, still, that's how much, side note, that's how awesome basketball is and sports is because these guys I played with are brothers to me and are like the best and, and still now many, many, many years later, still my closest friends. <laughs> they'll remember a game where I I was so caught up and, and hyped in the moment where I forget exactly what the flow of the game was, but I caught a dunk and then I came down and I was feeling myself. I got a, an open three and I was not, I stress, not a three-point shooter. And I airballed <laughs> and Ken comes up to me. I think it was, he says, calm down. I wish that game, I don't know if that game exists, but I, I got to see. I don't have it, but maybe somebody has it somewhere. Uh, but that's kind of like you get caught up in the moment and you try to cook a little too much. And Grant was like, hey, I'm going to show all of these folks here in Charlotte all my new moves. <laughs> uh, that I'll quote the great American poet Kendrick Lamar. Sit down, be humble, Grant Williams, on that one. Stick to what you can do well. <laughs> that one was... Uh, a little outside of the skill set. Maybe someday you can develop that, but that was it. All right, let's get to the Sam Hauser stuff. Sam Hauser, I like Sam Hauser. I do. I think he could be a real weapon, and he has been a real weapon in the past. But let's just face it, he has struggled a lot recently, and he had a bad sequence in this game where he checked in in the second quarter and Cody Martin saw him, went at him, crossed him over, and Sam went to the right. Martin went to his right, which is the opposite direction. And Hauser tried to get back in front of him. Martin went right through him and won. Hauser had just checked into the game right before that play and checked out right after that play. And he was done. We saw Justin Jackson in there, um, which is not something that we really want to see because Justin Jackson, I'm sorry, he's just not that great. And he's not going to help. Sam Hauser is supposed to help. But if the confidence in his shot has waned to the point where the other stuff that he has been kind of doing fairly well, if that is also starting to wane, the Celtics have a problem 
And I, I had been a proponent of, look, the Celtics don't have, they don't have to make any moves here at the deadline. They really don't. Except now, and, and we kind of touched on this. We didn't really just touch on it. We talked about it. Uh, Keith Smith and I in a podcast last week, if you missed it, go back two, three episodes ago. Where we talked about the trade deadline and all that. I'm starting to feel like we might need to see Brad Stevens be a little bit more aggressive in looking for a wing out there. Maybe Peyton Pritchard's performance here is something that can raise his trade value. And I'm sorry to say that. Um, I know that the the injuries to Jalen and losing Derek and you know Marcus Smart had injuries and having Peyton Pritchard there is is a little bit of a, a like a luxury and it's great to have that luxury in these moments but I, I just I still feel like he's he has his deficiencies and I don't think he's gonna have the the same opportunities when everybody's healthy so it, he's gonna go back to the bench if these past couple of nights show anything it's that he does have value maybe maybe you just take advantage of this and, and teams can say hey okay He's he's not playing because the opportunity isn't there, but he does have some value. Maybe he can help our team in in a way, and maybe maybe some teams that that are short, uh, no pun intended, a guard, and, and and maybe somebody has something that the Celtics can use. But there there has to be there has to be either either Sam Hauser has to find his confidence quick or they send him to Maine to get him that confidence quick, or they make a trade and find a guy that can come in here and be more reliable as a shooter and can can contribute a little bit more. Because part of why the Celtics were so dominant in the beginning was Hauser was making teams just pay. And, and maybe, maybe the answer is simply... When the Celtics play better offensively, Hauser will benefit, but his confidence is very clearly shot. It's very clearly down like past floor level. It's it's just gone. He needs to get himself back on track somehow. So maybe there's a short-term answer, like getting him, just send him to Maine for a week, let him shoot and play a bunch and get his rhythm back and get his confidence back or do something more drastic, which is bring in somebody to take his spot, at least for the end of this season. I'm not looking to move a him because he's on a super cheap contract and I've seen the potential of him. So I'm not, I'm not worried necessarily that he's not going to live up to and he's on a really super, super cheap contract. So keep him around. Let's see if he can develop. Maybe he gets a little stronger. Maybe he gets a little bit better defensively. But right now, I'm starting to think that the Celtics might need to make some sort of move or do something to fix this because this is something that needs to be fixed. So once again, the schedule for podcasts this week. This is this post-game podcast is much more structured than you would normally get for a post-Saturday night podcast, but uh, that's because it is functioning as the first podcast of the week for me. I do five podcasts a week plus bonus podcasts. 
This is no longer a bonus podcast. This is the first podcast of the week. It's the Sunday podcast. Uh, it's going to take you into Monday. There will be no new podcast before the next game. The next podcast I will release will be after the next Celtics-Charlotte game. And then after that, the next podcast that will be released will, will be recorded Tuesday night for release on Wednesday and then you have your regular Wednesday, Thursday, Friday podcast. That's the schedule this week. So subscribe to the show. Make sure you're getting these podcasts directly to your device. If you're subscribed, you'll just know that there's a new show because it'll be there. Watch the show on YouTube. It's a great growing community of Celtics fans in the YouTube comments uh, on, on our page. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great conversation going on in there. So join that as well. If you are a subscriber, I'd love it if you share the podcast, tell your friends and family, Everybody, they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.